Welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyons Podcast. We hope that this message encourages you and blesses you. It's good to have all of you here today. Hey, listen, before we're dismissing our kids, um, this is what I want to do. Um, last week we had our growth track class, number one, and we added to our church. Um, so those of you that attended that class last week, I won't have you come up here and embarrass you. Just stand up right where you're at and give these people a big hand and look around. Look around right here. We had six people join our church as official members. Give them a big hand again. You may be seated this afternoon. And I'm so proud of every one of you that were able to attend that class and more. And um, how many know it's just going to be a good year? 2023 is going to be a good year. Um, so at this time, we're going to dismiss our kids and give our kids a big hand as they go to kids' church at this time. Amen. There's a couple things we want to also pray before uh, I go into my sermon. I was asked to pray uh, for uh, Irene's nephew, Ben. There's a few other individuals that have asked for prayer as well. Um, how many have a prayer need right now? Just raise your hand if you know someone that's ill, battling something. This I know. The Lord knows exactly what's going on in that individual's heart, in that individual's um, life. So let's uh, stand with me this uh, afternoon and let's go to the Lord in prayer at this time. Heavenly Father, we come before you with the needs represented here in each raised hand today. Lord, we lift up Ben. We lift up those that are ailing in their body. We lift up the Vasquez family uh, who have been suffering with an illness these past few weeks. We pray for complete health for each of these individuals. Lord, these are your children, your sons, your daughters, Father, that need your touch right now. We pray that in the name of Jesus that you would be all in all to them, that you would be their comfort, their healer, their joy today. And Father, most of all, as we pray, remind them that you love them today. And we ask you these things in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen and amen. You may be seated this afternoon. Um, we, we haven't had that chance, but since Irene is in the house, Irene Desmuke, everybody say, happy birthday, Irene. It was her birthday in December, yes. We've missed her. And then, of course, it was my brother's birthday on Friday. Give him a big uh, birthday wish or clap as well. And, um, and mine too, yeah. So, yes, another year older, but we're still young at heart. Isn't that right, Reuben? Amen, amen, amen. <laughs> well, welcome, everybody. We're going to continue on our sermon series, which is New Year, New Vision. And today I've titled it, Seize the Day. Seize, how many have heard the uh, Latin term, carpe diem? You've probably seen it, heard of it. And it, what it actually means is seize the day. Seize today. Be fruitful in today. Take advantage of today. Because we all know this, none of us here have tomorrow promised. None of you do. We can walk out here and it could be over. We could die of a heart attack. We could get Hitting an accident, a car accident. We have today. Today is a gift that God has given each of us. Amen? So we are to seize the day. And so what I want to speak on is uh, continuing on this series of a new year, 2023, a new vision. And let's get in 
attuned to seizing the day, taking advantage of each day that God has given you. Don't use that expression that we use in Spanish, mañana, tomorrow. Take care of it today, amen? You know, one of the expressions that my dad is very good at, and now I can poke at him because he's now a member of our church, amen? So, but this isn't poking at it. This is just his character. If my brother and I show up to his house, he always has a task for us, and he always tells us, you're just in time. Reuben, have you heard those words before? It, all our life we've heard those terms. And why? Because he's seizing the day. He's taking advantage of what he has in front of him. And that's what I'm trying to tell you today is seize the day spiritually. Seize the day in your walk with the Lord. Seize your day with your neighbor, with your family, with your relatives. Amen? But in order for that to happen, you see, the Lord wants and desires each of us to see him and seek him like never before. And that's why I love New Year's. It's, it's a clean slate. The old has been tossed aside. How many are thankful that 2022 is gone? It's just in the rearview mirror. And now it's a clean slate. God is just saying, here you go. Here's a new year. What are you going to do with it? How are you going to handle it? And so that's the beautiful thing about our future. God, and here's the other thing I've mentioned to you the last few weeks. If you went or if you want and desire a better future, you and I must disturb the present. That, must, that means we have to shake up what's going on right now in order to have a better future. Does that make sense? Because if you keep doing the same things that you've done in your life over and over again and expect different results, we all know what that means. That means insanity. That's insanity. So we must disturb the present for a better future. Amen? And God has given us this life vision and a purpose. I believe some of you have goals this year that you are attaining or want to attain. How many are um, on the Bible reading app every day? I had uh, handouts back there for all of you to follow along January 1st, reading the Bible daily. And if you do that, by the end of this year, you'll have read the Bible through and through, cover to cover. That's a goal that you can have, a simple goal. But uh, as I mentioned last week, you can't fulfill that vision until you start disturbing the present to reap the benefits in the future. Amen? So again, uh, like many of you, 2023 is still fresh. It's new in your, in your spirit, in your, in your vision of this year, what you want to do, what you'd like to accomplish, all with the help of God. Amen? God is in control. Can I remind you of that? No matter what plans you may have, God is in control of what you and I are going to accomplish this year. And this year, there's going to be moments in time for all of you. There's going to be a season, there's going to be a particular time when God has allowed you to have that moment to do something spectacular, something wonderful, a blessing for you, a blessing to impact others. Amen? There, you will be allotted a specific time, a season. How do I know this? Because it happened with Paul, the apostle. It happened with many of the disciples, and it happens to each of us. But we have to be looking for it. Amen? So how many know that Paul sees the day? Paul, and let me just back up for those, just as a quick reminder. 
Paul was Saul of Tarsus in the Bible. He was known as a, a persecutor of the faith, of the new believers of Christ. The followers of the way is what he did. He persecuted them. He killed them. In fact, historians say the, that he was at the stoning of Stephen. When Stephen, the disciple, was stoned to death, Paul was there, possibly even giving the orders to have him stoned. Paul was a follower of the old Jewish ways of the strict law, and at that time, Jesus, who was proclaiming to be the Messiah, that was blasphemy to them. And so he was going out and about, and in fact, this story that we're going to read in the Bible in Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 9, it's the conversion story of Paul. And this is what I love about the Bible. It tells us that somebody had a past. Can you say that? I had a past. All of you did, but you're not the past. You are now the new person, the new creation in Christ. And that's what happened to Paul, but it had a beginning. He seized the day. Amen. I've titled this, The New Year, New Vision, Seize the Day. If you turn to Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 19, I'm going to uh, read these verses right here. And this is in the NIV version. It says, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He was out to kill them. He went to the high priest and asked for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, that was the name of the believers who followed Jesus, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners in Jerusalem or to Jerusalem. And as he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly, everybody say suddenly, a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And in verse 5, Saul says, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up. And go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. And the men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anybody. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. They led him by the hand into Damascus, and for three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas, not the Judas mentioned in the Bible that betrayed Jesus, but go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask him for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. 
Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. Amen. What, what a beautiful conversion story. And if you keep reading Acts chapter 9, it talks about uh, even the preceding chapters, the first nine chapters, talking about Paul and then, and then uh, Peter eventually in the book of Acts. But this was a great conversion story. It may not have happened to you. You may not have been out persecuting Christians. But maybe in the past you were telling them to take a hike. Maybe you were telling them, giving them a piece of your mind at some point. Maybe you used some choice language with some believers that might have come up to you to share the gospel. But Paul or Saul here was praying. He began to pray. He, didn't, he couldn't figure it out. He didn't know what was going on. But he started to pray because that's what he knew to do. He started to pray. And that's when the Lord revealed himself to him. Amen? Paul had a mighty conversion experience. And the Lord got his attention, his full and immediate attention. Can you imagine if you lost your vision? You got God, God's got your attention. It's like, what happened, Lord? I cannot see where I could see before. But see, the thing here is Saul couldn't see spiritually he couldn't see physically at this time but he was blinded spiritually and now because you and I have experienced this new birth in Jesus Christ receiving him as Savior we are no longer blind to the ways of the enemy we are no longer blind to what sin is now sin is like the light that you've turned on in a dark room and now you can see all the things that you're in danger of of tripping over in a dark room amen and so the Lord had blinded the eyes of Saul and got his complete attention and gave him a new vision, a new heart. Amen? So here's the question, first question I have for you today. Could it be that this year in 2023, the Lord wants to get your attention? Wants to get your attention like he never has before? Because there will be a season, there will have, be a time, I promise you, this year, there will be a time where God wants to specifically have you one-on-one -on -one and have, have your attention. Amen? And, and that's going to lead me to the first, there's three points I want to talk about today. And the first one is, God has many beautiful days ahead of you. God has many beautiful days ahead of you. How can I say that? Some of you have experienced tragedy this last year. Some of you have experienced hardship, financial hardship. We've all experienced the COVID seemingly like it won't go away. It's just lingering and hanging on and uh, other things like that. But I want to promise you that God has many beautiful days ahead of you, just like he had for Saul, just like he had for Paul. Paul went on to do miraculous things. He raised people from the dead. In fact, there were things, there were ap uh, aprons and handkerchiefs that were just touching his body and they would be brought to sick people and they would be healed just because they came in contact with Paul. Paul had greater days ahead of him, yet at the same time, he was one that was, was persecuting 
murdering believers that belong to the new way, that belong to Jesus Christ. Amen? God can transform you in an instant. God can transform you in the blink of an eye. That's why I had you say, suddenly. Everybody say that word again. Suddenly. Just like that, in the, in the blinking, twinkling of an eye, your life can be transformed. Good and bad. Amen? Now, there's a couple of things I want to talk to you about here. Uh, there's two words for time in Greek. There's one word that's used that is chronos, chronos, which you're all familiar with, which is where we get the term chronological, a time. We're all bound by, by seconds, by, by minutes, by hours, by days, by weeks, by years. That is chronos time. That's the Greek word for linear time. And then there's kairos time. This is a Greek word for a time or a season, what I was just talking to you about. How Paul had a season that was on his route to Damascus. That season, Paul could have just said, forget this, I'm out of here. I don't want to have, I don't know who you are. Because he said, who are you, Lord? He thought he knew the Lord. And he could have just said, I'm out. But he didn't. There was a particular season in time. And although God is outside of Chronos time, God works within the minutes, the hours, the weeks, the months that you and I have to accomplish his will. Amen? In fact, there's a couple of scriptures I want to read to you that emphasize the time that you and I have in order to seize the day as I, I'm talking to you today. The first one is found in the book of Ephesians. Chapter 5, verses 15 and 16 in the book of Ephesians. And we've been covering this in our Bible study on Wednesday nights. But listen to these words here that the Apostle Paul penned here. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. How many know that we live in the last days, that we are seeing things in this world that we just shake our head and we can't comprehend? We've been having this ongoing discussion in, in my home uh, with three of my, uh, my daughters and my wife who work in the school district about the six-year-old that brought a gun to school. I mean, those things never would have happened 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. How can that happen? a six-year-old shooting their teacher, and, and so forth. The days are evil. We must be very careful then how we live, not as the unwise, but as wise. That's why it's so important that you and I ask God for wisdom the moment you get up. Lord, bless this day. Give me wisdom. Grant me your wisdom that I may make the right choices today. The second scripture I would read to you today is in, found in the Old Testament in the book of Joel. Joel chapter 2 and verse 25. And I use the New King James Version. I love the way it expresses it here. But it says, So I will restore to you the years. Everybody say the years. That the swarming locust has eaten. How many have felt that in your life, Lord, I've got a lot of lost years. I've got lost years. That's a lot of us here. We have lost years. But this is a promise for you. Listen to this again. So I, the Lord speaking, will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. God can take what the enemy stole from you and give to you now. Amen? 
if we learn to seize the day. Miracles of Paul went on to happen because he seized the day. He healed the dead. He brought them to life. He touched people, and they were miraculously healed. Prison doors swung open for him when he was worshiping and praising God, and he walked right out of prison. Unbelievable. They didn't have cameras back then. Amen. But there's something truly beautiful that happens when you are truly surrendered to the Lord. How many know that there's a peace, a joy, a comfort, just strength that you get when you're completely surrendered to the Lord? Amen. And, and that's what I'm talking about here today is learning to seize the day. Not saying, ah, mañana or tomorrow or we'll do it some other time. Today is the day. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. And just like my dad would always tell my brother and I when we showed up to his house, oh, you're just in time. You're just, he would be rubbing his hands like, you're just in time because you can help me with this or that. And uh, now my brother-in-law gets that same uh, sentence told to him when he shows up, that you're just in time. But uh, God wants you and I to seize the day, take advantage of today, man. And here's God's promise to each of us. Another scripture found in Psalm chapter 23 and verse 6. Speaking of time, of how we are to manage our, our lives. Psalm 23 and verse 6 in, in the New King James Version says it this way. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. So in some of your Bibles it might say goodness and love. This one says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. See, that's the promise that God has for each of you as believers. All the days of your life. Everybody say, all the days of my life. For some of you, that hopefully is a long time. For some of you, you know, just like me, it's getting closer every day. But goodness and mercy are following me. If I go over here, they're following me. If I go this way, they're right behind me. When I learn to seize the day and make him number one. Goodness and mercy can't help but follow. I can't make them lost. I can't go say, take a hike. Uh, I, if I go this way, they're going to follow me. If I go that way, they follow me. That's a beautiful thing to know as a believer, that goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. We have nothing to fear, people, nothing to fear when we know that God is in control of our lives, whether that's for your health, for your future, retirement, financial, whatever it is, we have nothing to fear if you put him number one. He is in control of your days. The second thing, whenever God wants to do something good in your life, he first gives you a vision. Amen? Just like he gave Paul a vision here. He knocked him off of his horse, blinded him to get his full attention. How many feel like, God's knocked you off your horse in a, in a way, right? He's done something to you to get your attention. I think that's a lot of us. God has gotten our attention, and uh, he's given you a vision. He's, you've, you've gone to the Lord in prayer and said, Lord, what do I need to do? That would be our logical response, is, Lord, what do you want me to do? Well, I want to share a story here in the Old Testament. He did this with Abraham. How many remember the great... Old Testament prophet uh, Abraham, the father of all nations. In fact, if you turn with me to Genesis chapter 15, Genesis chapter 15, we'll have it on the screen for you. 
verses 1 through 3. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. This is the Lord talking to him. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Abram was complaining because he had no children of his own. He was up in age, and as you know the story, he was 100 years old when he had his first kid. And everybody over 60 said, no way. <laughs> Amen? But today, you may also be asking the Lord, how is my situation ever going to improve? You may not be 100 and wanting a child, but you may be in another situation going, Lord, how is it ever going to improve? I see myself stuck in the same place, same routine. How can I ever, as I mentioned earlier, retire? How can, how can I get my family saved? Or how can I, nothing's ever going to change. Or I'm too old. Or I'm too young. You'll hear that all the time. But the Lord wants to give each of us a new vision this year to seize today. Amen? One day built upon the next, built upon the next, built upon the next is how you walk in this life. Psalm chapter 1 and verse 3. Another uh, short scripture here. Psalm chapter 1 and verse 3. He, talking about each of you here, man, male or female, he will be like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in the season, and its life does not wither, and in whatever he does, he prospers. The Lord's blessing is for you to seize the day you will prosper in whatever you put your hand to. And that's only when you learn to trust him and remember that he is in control of your life. Amen? See, our God is a God of encouragement. I, I said that whatever, that you're going to have beautiful days ahead of you. You must secondly have that vision to be able to see it. And God will give you that vision. And in that process, you're reminded that God is a God of encouragement. His word is filled with encouragement. Um, it, how, well, let me just back up. How many, how many work with people that are negative? Yeah? We, we all do. How many, those are the people that the glass is half full, right? Yeah, you, how many people here are glass half full people? Okay. I meant to say glass half empty for those negative people. And none of us want to hang around people that are always negative. Of course, there's certain things that will come out of our mouth in a negative way. Oh, I got the red light again. I got to wait for this red light. Well, that's not bad. But that, if that's your speech all day long, oh, I got another red light. Oh, I got to go to Walmart. Oh, I got to wait in that line. Oh, oh, now I got to go get gas. Oh, gas is $5 a gallon. Can you believe it? And if that's your attitude all day long, let me just tell you right now, God does not want to hear it. He doesn't want to hear your complaining and crying. But that's why he gives us a vision. That's why he gives us an encouraging spirit. That's why he gives us his word to encourage us. Amen? The Lord has given you this vision to seize the day. There are too many scriptures in the word of God that should prevent you from having a negative attitude. 
I will never leave you nor forsake you. Oh, man, I can, I can walk like, you know, like, yeah, you remember the Jeffersons? I was just about to say that. I can strut. I can, I, when I know that the Lord walks with me, who sh- whom shall I fear, the Bible says? He's my strength. Amen. So remember that if the Lord is giving you a vision, even though you may not see it right now, even though you may not feel it right now, seize that day. Seize it today. The third and my final point is this. If God has given you the vision, you will see it come to pass, just as Abraham did. Abraham was 100 when he had his firstborn. Now, I'm hoping that it doesn't take 100 years for you to see your vision come to pass. But the Lord has this biblical principle or a rule. You first see it with eyes of faith. Then you capture a vision, and then it happens. How many know that's the way his word works? When, and I'll just back up. When I first met my wife, uh, I have told you this. I write things down. I make notes of what I pray for. And I prayed. I got a piece of paper. And I began to write, well, I want someone that loves the Lord. That was the very first thing, loves the Lord. Uh, I want someone that loves to sing and worship God. I wrote that down. I wrote, I want her about yay high. And, uh, you know, and he was right. And uh, speak Spanish. You know, nothing wrong with anybody who speaks German or Dutch or Italian, but I just said Spanish. And then all the qualities I wrote down. And guess what? I prayed for that. And God gave me exactly what I prayed for because I first prayed with eyes of faith. And then I saw Anna in my mind. And then I met her. A couple years later, when I began to pray for that, I did that with the house that we're currently in. I prayed exactly for what we have. I prayed for RV driveway. We have RV access on the side. It had to have a fireplace. I didn't care how big. It just had to have a fireplace. It had to have four bedrooms. Why? Because I wanted a bedroom as an office. And then it has three bedrooms, um, a kitchen, hardwood floors. And I prayed, and God gave us all that because I prayed specifically I prayed with eyes of faith. I didn't know how that was going to happen, but he made it happen. The Lord allowed that to happen. And I can give you example after example after example of that in my life. And I'm hoping that you learn to seize the day like that. Capture it with eyes of faith and just continually pray for that. Pray for that vision that you can see it and then believe that it's going to come to pass. Amen? Because I saw it before it ever came to pass. But here's the reminder that the enemy of your soul wants to make sure that you're never with eyes of faith. He wants to keep you in a state of depression, a state of confusion. He wants to fill you with negative thoughts. He wants to just ruin your life. In fact, here's what some medical researchers say. I looked this up that can happen to your brain. These are things that happen to your brain when you think negatively all the time. Listen to this. Researchers say repetitive negative thinking can increase your risk for developing dementia. All right? Right there. That's reason number one. I don't want to be negative. They noted, secondly, that in a recent study, participants who exhibited repetitive negative thinking had more cognitive decline, and problems with memory. 
Now, I know we, we, as we age, we start to lose some of those things, but people that have negative thinking exhibit this much faster and much larger on a larger scale. And then the third thing is they also had higher levels of a certain protein and deposits, both of which are linked to Alzheimer's disease. Again, else, uh, negative thinking, we got to do away with that. We got to push it out and declare God's word of promises and faithfulness to us. Because researchers, and then I'll conclude with this, they conclude that because negative information causes a surge in activity in critical information processing area of the brain, our behaviors and attitudes tend to be shaped more powerfully by bad news, experiences, and information. We're always reflecting on the bad things, right? Instead of the praiseworthy testimonies that we should be focusing on. And there, here's why this scripture that we're going to look to is found in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23 is so important. This is a word, a scripture that you should have underlined in your Bible, that you should have memorized in your heart. And it says this, Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life, or in another version, flow the issues of life. Again, watch over your heart. You see, what you put in your, in your spirit, what's in your heart is so important because out of your heart flow the issues of life, flow the springs of life. And the Lord was telling us, be careful with your heart. Be careful with your heart. Amen? And as I close today, um, I just want to remind you that I know some of us see the warning signs in, in our days and age, the age, day and age that we live in. In other words, how many know that we are seeing the birth pains of the last days? We've been seeing that, and we're starting to see more of an increase in that. The Lord has declared in His Word and given us signs to us as believers that we are in the last days. Acts chapter 2 and verse 17. One verse. Acts chapter 2 and verse 17. And it shall be in the last days, God says. Do we have it up here? There we go. That I will pour out my spirit on all mankind. And your sons and your daughters will prophesy. And your young men will see visions. And your old men will have dreams. See, we are in these last days. I believe that. I believe that some of you are starting to see visions of things that God has given you. God is speaking to you prophetically as well and telling you what's to come to prepare your heart, prepare yourself, amen, and to reach out to those around you that don't know Christ yet. But the enemy doesn't want any of that for your life. The enemy wants to keep you discouraged that it'll never get better, that you're going to stay in that same place for the rest of your life, that you'll never have the dreams that you've been dreaming about, the vision that God gave you for your family, that that will never come to pass. I'm here to remind you, with God, all things are, are possible. Amen? With God, all things are possible. And as I look around right now, I just see miracle, 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 miracle all around me. So it's a testimony to me, and it's a testimony to each of you here today 
that with God, all things are possible. Won't you stand with me today as we close? I just pray today as you leave this place that you would be reminded that we are to seize the day. There will be a, a Kairos time, a season for you coming up this year that God has purposely placed in your life a season, a time, and a place where he is speaking to you and only to you about a certain situation. And he's going to put you in that place just like he did with Paul. And it's up to you to use wisdom to make the right choice. It's up to you to say, Lord, where you go, I will follow. Lord, I pray for your word, that it would be a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. Lord, I know that you will never leave me nor forsake me, and I can trust you. I can trust your word. And in that season, whatever it is he's asking you to do, seize that day. Amen? Seize that day. Don't let it slip by. Take advantage of that. Amen? Lord, teach us to have the faith to believe the vision that you've given us this new year to believe it and have eyes of faith that we can seize the day for ourselves and for our family. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence today. We thank you for your Holy Spirit, Lord, that leads us and guides us, that opens doors and also closes doors. I thank you, Lord, for each one here, the new members that became part of our church this past week we celebrated them earlier and we rejoice in that father we thank you for walking with us and just as i spoke on there are more beautiful days ahead i believe that lord for each of us here help us to have eyes of faith to believe it then to capture the vision of it and to see it come to pass in our businesses in our finances, in our home, in our, in our vehicles, in everything that we touch, Lord. I pray your blessings, Father, upon every relationship in this place, husband, wife, brothers, sisters, uncles, aunts, grandparents, grandsons, granddaughters, and so forth, nieces and nephews. I pray that this year would just be a year that we could seize the day, Lord, like no other. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. And one more time, just going to pray the blessing over you today as we close. Just raise your hands one more time with, with me. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. And we will see you, those that come to Bible study on Wednesday, and we'll see the rest of you on Sunday. God bless you. Thanks for listening. For more information, be sure to check out our Facebook page at Foothill Christian American Canyon.